Hello, welcome to the Farkham Podcast. I want to wish each and every one of you a happy holidays. Hope you had a very merry Christmas that just passed. Hope you have a wonderful new year and a great 2022. I want to thank you for listening to the Farkham Podcast and taking the time out of your day to listen each and every week. Uh, today we'll be talking about the men's basketball team, women's basketball team, uh, what's coming up in the future for both teams, cover a little bit of baseball, a little nugget for baseball, and talk about the COVID and the way that has affected the bowl games, and just a thought I had on that one, and uh, other sports going forward. Men's basketball team coming off of a tough 104-65 loss to Baylor. Uh, One thing about Baylor I just want to say is that's a very impressive team. Uh, Inside, outside, running, they just play unselfish team basketball. They're number one for a reason. Uh, Just highly impressed with the Baylor Bears. Uh, Tip of the hat to them. Unfortunately, with a team like Baylor, I think even if the Demons play a perfect game, we probably still can't compete with them. Uh, They're just on a whole different level. And that's the only team we've played this year where I can look back and say, even if we play our best, we can't compete. And unfortunately, Baylor's just at that level right now. Uh, Looking at the game, though, we started off really tough, uh, down in a 13-0 hole. And against a team like Baylor, you cannot get down double digits early. Uh, If you do so, it's just knocking in well for you. I thought the first six, seven minutes of the game, we looked a little shell-shocked, didn't play within ourselves. Looked like we it took time just to adjust to the level of play they had, and their defense was so quick, and they stretched the court so well. Uh, you could tell it gave us problems early on, but then we settled down, uh, had a couple of good runs, cut the lead at one point to nineteen to twelve. Thought we looked really good at at parts of the game. Uh, problem was every time we seemed to grab any momentum, Baylor would just rattle off seven or eight points. At one point, I think we cut it down like thirty-one to twelve, and they came back with like three straight three-pointers, just back-to-back-to-back. And in a span of 30 seconds, uh, it went from being a somewhat close game to a blowout. Um, And that's just what a team like Baylor does. They can score in bunches. They play really, really impressive ball. So, again, just one of those games where you're just completely outmatched. Uh, Baylor hit lots of threes. Uh, They scored points in bunches. I thought defensively, uh, despite giving up 104 points, I thought we actually didn't play bad on defense. Uh, there was a lot of shots we contested, and they would just drain them. Uh, there was a couple three-pointers. I thought we got our hand in their face, and they just kept burying shot after shot. Uh, one thing I think that will help us going forward, <clears throat> the officials let them play, and Baylor was very physical underneath. Going forward, I think that does help a team to have that type of game where you're playing a physically superior opponent and the officials are letting them play i thought the officials called the game pretty evenly you know there's a couple of bad calls but nothing egregious and just we're going to have times throughout the season where they're going to let you play physical and you need to know how to adjust to that and i thought the demons did a pretty good job of adjusting and doing kind of what the officials were giving to them so again, I think that's one of those beneficial things going forward. Plus, uh, we're not facing a team the rest of the year that's going to be nearly as good as Baylor. Uh, the stretch of the season is finally over. We had just some brutal games with Baylor, Texas A&M, LSU, SMU, Oklahoma. Just a really tough schedule. So really thankful that part of the schedule is over. Looking ahead now for the Demons, we will be 
in the preseason Southland tournament in Katy, Texas, taking on a very good A&M Corpus Christi team. They are 10-3. and three. Uh, They've had two close losses recently to Notre Dame when they lost 83-73 and Minnesota 79-71. In both of those games, uh, Corpus Christi had shots to potentially win it at the end. Uh, couldn't make the plays down the stretch, but... Uh, that's a very good Corpus Christi team and some guys to look at. Uh, Isaac Mushila, Travion Tennyson, Simeon Fryer. Uh, those three guys, they can score in bunches. They're very good at spreading the ball out between the three. Uh, have a great inside-out game. They're very aggressive going inside. They find a way into the lane. So, again, I think that's something that NSU is going to have to watch in that one. <clears throat> On a positive for Northwestern, Kendall Coleman, he's been very, very steady, very constant, a good force in Northwestern. And something I said earlier, something I know others have said, is we needed someone to pick up. We needed someone besides him to step up. And it looks like Carvel Tset has been that guy against Baylor. Very impressive game, 18 points, 6 to 10, three-point shooter. Kind of reminds me a lot of Jalen West. <clears throat> really good player that's very versatile. Something I did like from Northwestern, I thought hurt us early in the season, is earlier on in the year, I felt, especially against like LSU, we weren't being aggressive. We were taking a lot of bad shots, weren't driving to the lane. In this game, I thought we did a good job of driving into the lane, doing a good inside-out game. I thought we showed a lot better court vision against Baylor. Uh, Just unfortunately, Baylor's just that good, and you couldn't really tell the difference in the score, but... I thought we actually played a lot better against Baylor than against LSU. And I'm comparing them against LSU because LSU is also a very physical, very athletic team and a great team as well. So going forward, though, for the teams, I think the big thing now is find that offensive rhythm. Make sure you're being aggressive. Don't just settle for bad shots, which we have a tendency to do at times and even I thought the start of the second half against Baylor, we started just kind of throwing up some really bad shots. Uh, One thing I've noticed that looked a little better against Baylor is that at times our shots seem kind of forced. We're not going up with, you know, two hands. Uh, Sometimes we're just taking one hand and just kind of flipping the ball. And they're not good quality shots. And there are times, uh, I know against LSU, where we would have an open look and we seem to be just still forcing the ball. The ball come out really flat instead of a good arcing shot. That sometimes is a confidence issue. Sometimes you think you have less time than you do. But I thought against Baylor we had improved. I thought even against um, A&M it looked a little better. So going forward, though, I'd like to see uh, us do just, you know, continue to shoot better, continue inside game, and be more aggressive. You know, take the game to the defense. Don't let the defense dictate us. But with T-Sec coming forward and stepping up, Hinton Coleman can do a really good, I think, inside-out game. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, you know, I still think we have a good chance of being good in the Southland Conference. On to women's basketball. The game against Kansas was canceled uh, due to COVID concerns. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. A little just thoughts I have regarding that. One thing that I think going forward with the Lady Demons, and I thought uh, Coach Brooks Donald Brooks Donald Williams from UL Monroe, something she did in the second half of the game is they started getting a lot more physical, clogging the lane. Uh, anytime we went against UL Monroe, 
in that 76-72 win, I felt they were putting a body on us. And I don't mean that in a dirty way, just they made sure that they used their size advantage. And I thought they did a good job disrupting our offense, disrupting our flow. And then against Tarleton State, I thought they kind of did a very similar thing in the 51-47 loss. In that game, I never found we got that rhythm, and I felt kind of the same thing Yo Monroe did against us. They played a little bit more physical, put a body on us. And again, it's a smart thing. And going forward, we're going to have to unclog the lane. I think we're going to have to get the defenses to space out. I thought, you know, Tarleton did a really good job just kind of collapsing anytime we drove in and it disrupted. We have a great uh, court vision with the Lady Demons. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But before that game, I thought we did a really good job of going in, kicking the ball out to people open. And I thought both Tarleton and Yo Monroe in the second half did a good job taking away those passing lanes. So that's something we're going to have to adjust to, and it's just part of basketball. People find a tendency, they'll kind of act on it. Next, uh, the Lady Demons will go to Katy for the preseason tournament. We'll open up against UNO. Uh, really hard to get a read on UNO. They're 1-5. Their only win was a non-D1 win over Xavier. They've had a ton of cancellations throughout the year, so... Uh, hopefully that doesn't affect anything. Hopefully the game does go on as you know it's had a lot of cancellations, which is why they are only one in five. One person I, I can't give credit on is uh, Brianna Ellis. She's a very good three-point shooter and can drive in. But again, not a big sample size for the privateers. Uh, going to be kind of an unknown going into that game. They haven't played in a while. For the Lady Demons, though, uh, there's some people I want to kind of bring up that I think are doing really well. Uh, Candace Paramore, she's averaging 11.2 points a game. I think she has a great court vision. You watch her with the ball. She seems to know how to get the ball in the space where it needs to be. Good job driving in. She's got good mid-range. You know, I think she's really the catalyst for our offense. Uh, Giselle Woodson, she reminds me of a pit bull on defense. Um, You know, her stats are good, but I think the intangibles are what make her so uh, effective on the court. She's always moving. She's not afraid to get physical. On defense, she is just annoying to the defenders, and I mean that in a very positive way. Um, if she's guarding you, she you can see she frustrates people a lot. She's constantly on you. Uh, just a tremendous defender. I think I compared her to Muggsy Bogues so a couple episodes ago. I still hold that true. She's just like a gnat around whoever she's guarding, and uh, definitely, I think, a callus on both sides and just does a great job of kind of just affecting the play even when she doesn't have the ball or when she's off of the ball. And uh, last but not least is Monet Bolden. Uh, once again, ton of hustle on her. She's got 6.2 rebounds, 10 and 33 from three-point range and 13.6 points a game. Uh, she's done, again, just a tremendous player. And with those three, and then you take some of the other people on the team, I think you see a very... I'd say a unit that has really come together better than I thought he would at this point in the season. Uh, just tremendously, tremendously impressed. And one thing I like about the Lady Demons and what Coach Nims has done is everyone on the court can play every position. There is no true guard. There is no true forward. There is no true center. Everyone mix and matches on the court. They switch in and out. Uh, you see some some of our players who or playing the quote-unquote guard position, and they'll get down low and play some really good post defense. They'll do good post offense. You see some of the bigger girls on the team 
who are playing a more traditional forward role, but then they'll step out on the perimeter, hit some three-point shots, do good perimeter defense. So I really love the way the team is built. I love the way Coach Nims has approached this team. I think it's going to be fun going on. Again, uh, UNO going forward, a total unknown, but uh, the schedule I thought was a perfect schedule. Uh, it's all forward to get confidence going. It was a good mix of some quality opponents and some winnable games. Going forward, I think the Southland race on the women's side is very open. It's going to be really fun to watch, but to see the turnaround from year one to year two under Coach Nims has been just uh, absolutely amazing, and I think she definitely deserves all the credit and uh, much respect to her and that coaching staff and also to the players. So going forward uh, you know, into the Southland, it'll be interesting to see how we do adjust as teams start to kind of figure us out, start to try and add some wrinkles to stop us and to see how we counteract that. So it's going to be a really interesting season going forward and what I'm looking forward to. Going to talk about baseball and COVID coming up, but first a word from our sponsors. Really cool news for Northwestern is the collegiatebaseball.com released their poll and Northwestern State getting some votes in the top 25 poll in that one. I've heard uh, also Baseball America uh, D1 Baseball have given us some credit as well. So definitely some big expectations uh, for Coach Barbier and staff and the Demon Baseball team. Do look forward to covering them. And, you know, before we know it, uh, baseball and softball will be starting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I like the schedule for each. I'm going to go more in-depth as the season gets closer. But uh, what Coach Barbier has built with the baseball program is awesome is now, I think, if the Demons don't make a regional, it's considered kind of a disappointment, which is a great place to be. One thing I do like about college baseball is that we've seen non-traditional schools, non-Power 5 schools have a tremendous, tremendous uh, success, You know, whether it's Coastal Carolina or Cal State Fullerton, Wichita State. Teams from outside of that Power 5 bubble have made some real great strides going to be fun uh, going forward to see where the demons can go. I think there's uh, absolutely huge ceiling on that one. I think we can accomplish a lot. You know, we've had some, you know, a ton of success against uh, some really good programs as of late. So going forward, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to covering that team as well as the softball team. Uh, just something I want to touch on before I ended this podcast was uh, COVID and sports and Something I like to see in place is right now, I don't think it's fair that you're having teams cancel games an hour or two before. Uh, you know, with Northwestern, uh, very recently, you know, the team is at Kansas. We're at their arena. You know, Patrick Netherton's taking pictures, uh, ready to go. And then at the last second, the game's canceled. And, you know, it's unfortunate that you have the Lady Demons have them travel, get to the game, get ready, and then the game's canceled. Um, and, of course, now they've traveled for no reason. They've got nothing out of the travel. Uh, and that's really tough. And I like to see something in place going forward where we don't have to worry about having games canceled this quickly. And if there's, you know, obviously you want to keep people safe. But at the same time, um, it's not ideal to have games canceled at a moment's notice. And something I was looking at uh, kind of on that same token is the bowl games. How will this affect bowl games going forward? Of course, next year we don't know to be happening maybe next year everything will be back to normal you know without all the covid uh, precautions necessary or needed 
but right now you're seeing like uh, the Holiday Bowl. UCLA canceled. I think it was three or four hours before the game. Um, forget who they were playing, but I remember the coach I read. Uh, he even said that they had no idea there were any issues. They're ready to play, and then they get a phone call out of nowhere saying the game was canceled, and they were you know very much in shock. Uh, so they traveled for no reason. You had uh, forget the team. I think it was Memphis that went over to Hawaii to play Hawaii in the uh, I think it was Aloha Bowl. And Hawaii cancels out, so they're stuck on the island uh, with no game. Of course, uh, to be honest, there are a lot worse things in life than being stuck on Hawaii. But still, at the same time, it's uh, unfortunate. And the thing I wonder is, you know, how much money was spent on some fans going to Hawaii, buying tickets uh, that are totally useless now. And again, you do get a free trip to Hawaii. But uh, going forward, I wonder how it's going to affect attendance at games, especially bowl games where you're spending money on hotel rooms, on tickets and then they can get canceled at a moment's notice. And if these protocols are still in place next year, you know, are people going to be willing to go to bowl games and go to road games to see, you know, a bowl game where you don't know if it's actually going to take place. And, you know, if that is the case next year, our bowl is going to do packages where you can get a refund of your ticket and your hotel room. If the game doesn't occur and, you know, with the money being lost, um, are some of these bowl games going to go belly up next year? Uh, again, it's really interesting to see. The one thing I do say that's uh, also interesting to look at is FCS playoffs when it went off without a hitch. There were no problems. A championship game is set between Montana State and North Dakota State. You know, what were the differences taken by FCS playoffs to have no problems at all and what's happening to these bowl games and you know obviously games like Northwestern State and Kansas where the games are getting canceled at a moment notice and yeah I think that's something that's going to be have to be revisited we're going to have to look at are we doing the best thing in regards to COVID and player safety um, and if there's any way to prevent us from having to cancel games you know an hour or two before the kickoff or an hour or two before the tip-off but again, there are no easy answers here, but just something uh, I was thinking of. Do want to thank you for listening. Uh, do want to give condolences out to John Madden's family. Uh, Coach Madden, uh, for those of you who didn't hear, he did pass away last night. Very sad. Uh, John Madden, obviously a legend and an icon in the coaching world and a legend in football in general. So uh, his presence and his mark from coaching to video games is going to be felt. So. Uh, definitely really sad on that one. Uh, episodes uh, during basketball for the time being will come out on Wednesday. Uh, I find that's just the easiest day to release everything and to cover basketball with the way the schedules are. Look forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully we'll have some positive things to go on. Until then, have a safe one. Hope you have a very happy new year. I will talk to you again in 2022. And as always, Farkham Demons.